Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. You make food, then let us help you make money too. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook, or email us, info at businesschef.org. Welcome, welcome, hey, welcome to the Business Chef Podcast. Chef Sean Boucher here, thanks for joining me, and thanks for spending some time this week to learn a little bit more about how to improve your career and make food, make money, and all the things that we talk about here on the Business Chef Podcast. You know, there's a lot of things right now going on in our industry that are challenging and we talk a lot about this one but I think the reason we talk about it is in my mind it is probably one of the most if not the most pressing challenge that we face and what am I talking about I'm talking about employees employees are our biggest asset our biggest challenge our greatest win and man our biggest headache So we're talking to a good friend of mine, Rob, today, who really has an understanding of employees and what it takes to win the war on talent. Yeah, so uh, quite a uh, quite a fun career for me. I've uh, been uh, actively involved in the hospitality business now professionally for for 28 years. With my uh, I think my, my love for for food and, and really passion for you know serving others started even when I was in high school. Um, actually went uh, part time to a vocational school. Had a great instructor, a good mentor, and friend uh, even to this day who you know encouraged me to continue to pursue my passion. So I went on to uh, the CIA. And I graduated there in early 1991, uh, actually, and then um, you know found a couple of jobs in the the restaurant industry, and worked in a number of um, fine establishments in the Princeton, New Jersey area, before landing uh, what what I thought was a great you know kind of a career job career type of a job at a country club um and uh, and it really was uh for a number of reasons it was uh first the first position i had um you know that i got to explore some of the front of the house operation and uh, really um kind of take in all 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 aspects of uh, of hospitality service and, and ended up staying there for almost 12 years so you know it was a good good run um but um you know life and family uh, started to catch up and so i was looking for kind of a, a better work life balance which uh you know led me to look into kind of um, corporate america and some other opportunities so uh, spent a couple of years in healthcare at a regional medical center and then eventually through a, a good contact, landed a uh, a great job for a, uh, a pharmaceutical company where I really moved from the, the operations side. It was kind of the first time I was no longer actively cooking uh, or, or you know, directly involved in, in, in production, um, but moved into more of a strategic role overseeing a food service contractor, um, eventually overseeing a number of food service contractors through uh, the course of about eight and a half years. And then, um, like probably many, um, you know, found myself in a position where my role was going to be outsourced uh, to a a facility management company and uh, kind of you know just embraced that opportunity and saw saw the challenge but saw the potential and 
willingly uh, kind of moved over to uh, to the company that I work for today, JLL, and um, you know for the last five years have uh, really been exploring kind of overall workplace uh, strategy and uh, you know bringing uh, amenities to life. Food is is one of them, but just the overall workplace experience and just how important that is to uh, today's employee and and today's employer. So let's talk a little bit about how it's changed hospitality. I mean, over the years, because you know. You have been in the industry long enough to remember, and and with your background as a chef, I'm sure you remember the old school days of my way or the highway and do it right or else and getting pans thrown at you and all the different things that some of us experience that people are not experiencing these days because it's just a different work environment, different climate. So why do you think that is? And and you know what what has changed to make it so yeah you know so 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 uh so true um you know, you know those old characteristics uh, i can remember ducking many times uh to avoid something coming across the kitchen so you know i completely get that uh, you know when i started uh you know again i was you know i was at the at the cia and graduated pre uh really food network movement right and 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 all that has come with that uh, i i think that you know what what we see uh is is an overall um, I guess uh, acceptance of uh, you know of food service and, and hospitality programs is really being kind of desirable in the past. You know, maybe not so much, um, but today, you know, those who are looking to, to kind of enter this business have have so many more opportunities available to them, and partly because of I think you know the media uh, attention that has come to the industry, and you know the fame that has come to many chefs obviously uh, certainly helps. But, but that also brings this idea of there's a lot of opportunity, and if I'm not happy uh, in this particular you know environment or working for this particular person, I'm going to leave. And so the effect of that, right, time and time again, somebody leaving your establishment makes the employer start to rethink about what am I doing wrong, right? What's my what's the atmosphere like in in my workplace? And so even in corporate America, you know, this is one of the things that we see today with workplace strategy. The 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 you know kind of this focus on attraction or attention is so important uh, because there is a war on talent. I mean, there is just a you know a, a constant need to find the best of the best. And so as an employee. You know, you're not going to stand around. You're not going to sit around. You're not going to take uh, somebody yelling and screaming at you anymore because you don't have to. You can you can go somewhere else uh, and learn just as much uh, and have a much more pleasant experience. And so I think that that has really played into um, you know the shift that we that we see and the focus on on the employment. I think you know, we talk about it a lot at work. You know, with Sir Richard Branson saying, you know, take care of your people and they'll take care of your customers. And that has really come full circle. We see that time and time again with the types of programs that we're trying to establish and, you know, the things that our clients are asking us to help them with. Um, there has to be a focus on the people that are delivering those those services um, in order to have the outcomes you want for your customer base. So I'm sure there are people out there that are curious. Talk a little bit about what JLL is and, uh, you know, a little bit about the company and what it is that you guys do. 
Yeah, we are a global um, real estate and facility management company. You know, foundation really was around helping clients, um, I, I know, acquire uh, properties uh, in, in major markets, help them sell their properties um, as, as they needed to, and then and then eventually, you know, we moved into managing those spaces. Traditionally, it had always been a hard service focus. So, so the actual mechanics, right, the nuts and bolts of the building, the things that needed to be running to keep the, the building lit and heated and, and all of those things. Uh, but as time went on, more and more of our clients were saying, well, you're already here. What else can you do? What else, what else can you help us manage? And so, you know, years ago, uh, we moved into kind of that soft service space. So actually helping to deliver mailroom programs, you know, staffing the front desk, managing, we're not a food service company, but managing the food service providers in the space. So it became what we call, it's an IFM model, integrated facility management, total total ownership of the entire operation. And so that's been happening, you know, for a number of years. But over probably the last five years, what we were starting to see was a real shift in what we call human experience. Now, we were, we were having clients say to us, great, it's great that you can manage the space for us, but, but but our expectations are changing because our workforce is changing. And we need a higher touch. We need kind of that white glove, concierge-level service. You know, think more like a hotel. This is what we were hearing from them. And so in order to meet that need, we launched what we call our, our human experience platform. So it was, this, you know, it was a specific team dedicated to looking at how we can deliver better programs. And we start with the foundation, right, our core values. And from there, we build onto that with training. And so we launched our own proprietary training program um, that is not just for those frontline employees, but really anybody that is is kind of part of our team, whether it's a, a vendor um, or, you know, some other third-party agency, um, because we want to kind of deliver that that one um, team approach in, in all that we do. And so the training is really kind of the foundation. And then we sort of say, well, what else can we do, right? We don't want to stop here. And, and that's, I think what we're, we're seeing now is in the past, you could get away with doing something for five years, 10 years, maybe even 15 years without much resistance or really a need to change. But today, it, it's completely different. Just like technology, we have to stay on top of everything we do. And so our changes are happening, you know, almost real time. Uh, what we, you know, what we solution for a client today uh, may be completely different next month when we solution a very similar type of service for for another client, simply because we're trying to keep up with the with the demand and the needs that they have. So uh, it's been very interesting. Uh, we're not, a, you know, we're not, we don't consider ourselves a hospitality company. However, we are now taking a hospitality approach how we deliver services. So I'm sure that there are people out there that are going to hear. A real estate company what is a chef doing in a real estate company but the the interesting part to me is the you know the bringing of hospitality principles into into different arenas or sectors um, or, or aspects of business you know I personally have always said uh, that that basically I want I think my kids should work in hospitality not because I want them to work in hospitality. I don't care what they do. I want them to do what they want to do. I want them to follow their passions. But 
in addition to that, there are certain principles and techniques and things that you learn in hospitality that that really can transfer to any other sector or any other thing that you do out there. Um, you know, the science of taking care of people, it, it truly will help you throughout your life. There are two skills that I personally believe um, everybody should learn in school. You should learn how to cook and you should learn how to manage money. Those are two things that we don't teach in school really much anymore. And those are two lifelong skills that everybody will use throughout their life. So with that said, talk to us about some of the things that you've learned during your time in the hospitality business and on that side of things that has helped you in your, in your current role. Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, right, when we talk about hospitality services, it's about providing something for somebody else, right? It's about, it's about delivering a service for an end user, right? And, and we're not necessarily getting the benefit out of it. I mean, as a chef, uh, you know, certainly there's, there's satisfaction and pleasure in, you know, producing a great meal and, and, and having it look fantastic on a plate. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, when that meal goes out the door, right, and this placed in front of the guest, right, the, the, the pure joy that they receive, not only when they see that, but hopefully when they're tasting it, right, that, that's really what we're striving for. And so when you kind of put yourself into that mindset first and foremost, you realize it's, for about, it's about somebody else. We're doing something for someone else. And I, you know, I agree. I mean, I think everyone should have a, a job within, you know, within the hospitality or service industry at some point, right? Because you, you, de you develop greater empathy for people. You kind of understand, um, you know, what their, what their expectations are and what they're thinking and what they're feeling. One of the things that we talk about all of the time, you know, is kind of putting ourselves in someone else's shoe. We do a lot of journey mapping with, with, with our clients and even internally to really understand what it's like. So, you know, talk about food specifically. You know, you, when, when somebody walks into a cafe, cafeteria in one of the you know accounts that we're managing what does that experience look like? Uh, and the experience is every single thing that you come in contact with, not just the, the food, not just the staff that's working there, but, you know, the lighting and the condition of space and the flooring and the textures and the colors and all, all of that, all of those senses come to life. And so, you know, you have to realize that, that everybody's going to experience things a little bit differently. And so, you know, being able to kind of, try, you know, trying to put yourself in their shoes and understand, okay, well, why may one guest see it this way when another sees it that way? Way. Why may one guest experience something and really feel good about it, and somebody else come in and, and feel completely different? Right? What's happening, and, and, and what's what's what are the drivers? Where where is the opportunity to move the needle? So I think that that that's kind of one side of it. You know, to move into something. Uh, you know, for me, I guess it was somewhat natural. It seemed to be a natural progression that I was going through. Uh, I, I knew I didn't want to remain at a single location for forever, right? So although I was on an existing, you know, on, on an account and um, you know, I had a great, great kind of run there, I only saw what was happening there with that particular client. And so I really wanted to expand kind of my horizons and, and kind of explore other things. And so I've been able to do that. Uh, but, I've, you know, I've, I've taken the lessons learned over you know twenty some odd years and and brought them to my the conversations that I have. So when I'm sitting with a client uh, and explaining you know a, an approach or a solution or a recommendation, I'm pulling from that history that I have. I, I was there. I did it. Um, you know, being on the ground, being hands on, certainly has helped because I understand you know what the 
the the dish room operators are dealing with uh, when the machine goes down and they're trying to you know uh, frantically get everything washed pre-service and get things up and running, or what the you know service line team is going through uh, to try to get everything out before the the eleven o'clock rush, right? Because I've been there, I understand that. But so I can I can take that conversation then and and into a an executive discussion and say, you know. You, we need to we need to look at the overall facility and how things are running because this team is trying to create this experience for your end users for your employees uh, and yet you know they lack perhaps this type of equipment or or this type of support and so we kind of bring that whole message to together uh, it it is kind of that selling point it's okay I can tell you this is why we're doing it not simply because I'm trying to sell you on something but because I have the experience and because uh, I I lived and breathed it for so many years, uh, I, I know what that team is, is, is struggling with. Uh, I know what that team is, is um, you know, requiring to be successful. At uh, the end of the day, the, the outcomes that we're trying to, to drive are, are success, right? We want to make sure that everything that we deliver uh, is is, is the best it can be. And so in order to do that, you know, you've got to pull from that history. The, the other thing for me that's really helped um, – is just creating a, a really broad network. Um, I have always found that you know aligning myself with you know industry organizations that that are kind of um, uh, aligned with my particular role have been very beneficial. But then also reaching outside the boundaries of that of that group uh, and really trying to understand uh, what's happening in in you know various business lines um, at all levels of the um, you know kind of of the scale of the of the um, um, employee scale to, to to really understand what those individual team members are experiencing and and what you know what would make their day their life their work life a, a little bit better. Wow, there are some gems, absolute gems in there. Here's here's the thing I think I want to get across to to anyone listening to this right now is that I think too often we as chefs as operators we we can get lost in the craft and we can get lost in the nuances of of hospitality of food service of the the unique things that we have to do that are different from what other businesses have to do but at the end of the day one of the things that i truly believe and that i see almost on a weekly basis is the reason that food service outlets fail, regardless of what they are, what segment they're in, what what type of operation they are, the reason they fail is you have people that are incredibly passionate, incredibly passionate, and very, very talented. But man, they cannot balance their books, they can't market, they can't they can't do the business side of things that they need to do. Or you run into those operators or those people that really, really know the business side of things, but man, their food sucks. <laughs> and, and that there's gotta be a balance. There absolutely has to be a balance where you, you've got to have good food and good service and be consistent, but you also have to know how to get the word out and market your business. You know, have to know how to balance the books. I know that we've talked about this on other shows, but I think it is worth spending the time to say, look, 
What Rob is saying here is that it is important not only to be business people and study other other food service businesses, but it's also important to know what's working in other businesses too as far as business principles go because those things can truly help you run your business. It is a business. So there has to be a marriage of both. You have to understand business and you have to be good at your craft. You have to be passionate about it. And I know I'm probably preaching to the choir to some people out there, but hey, that's what this show's about. Make food, make money. Make good food and make good money. Thanks to Rob for his time. Uh, He's got a lot of gems to share, a lot of wisdom, so much so that we're going to finish up with him next week. So thanks for joining us this week, and we look forward to catching up with you next week as Rob's, man, he just brings a lot of value to this, and he's going to share some incredible, incredible things on employee engagement and on really helping our staff and team members. So stick around. We'll see you next week. Facebook or email us.